This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, and welcome to another program. I am still Sensei Michelle. And I'm Sensei Jackie. And I am still Landon. (laughs) And we're still here, your main crew, and our guest is Derek. Derek, it is so nice to have you back on the show. It's it's always a pleasure to be here. This is going to be a different kind of show because we are going to continue on the elements. And we're going to pick it up with just one element, which is the element of wind. And we are going to talk about my memories of what my teacher taught me about both the external and the internal applications of each element individually. Today, it's wind. So wish us luck. Good luck. See how I said us (laughs) on that one? (laughs) (laughs) The external application of the elements isn't really difficult to say, but how many times on this program have we said how easy it is to say something and how difficult it is to put it into practice? Maybe almost every episode. (laughs) Just about every episode. But anyway, wind is in movement, not moving. It is pause poses. That's all it is. It's nice and simple. You can say it in a lot of ways. You can say it in deception. You can say it in invisibility. But what it is in the bottom line is holding still. And in movement, especially in movement like kata, to be in the middle of that fight and then to hold perfectly still and stay within that character of that fighter is much more challenging than it seems. The characteristic of a, say a mid-brown belt person, is speed. That's what they got. They go at the speed of the wind, a little double entendre there. And they never stop until the end. But the advanced and experienced practitioner will have moments or at least partial moments where they're very comfortable just, I want to say the word assaying. Is that the word? Looking over. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Is that the word? Yes. Their, um, Their fighting area and not having any movement at all. It's built into Urban's bow. Nice. Oh. In the Superman pose. Oh. Can you think of any other katas where it's built into? It's built into the end of Kurumpha. Us. In the cat stance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. That could be. So, in, but it is absolutely built into Urban's bow. Would it be in Saftayuka? It could be, but it's different for each person because it depends on which parts they do fast and which parts they do slow. Mm. And in Saftayuka, I, I think we generally talk about it when you're coming down the eye pattern after the ki. It's oh. always a pause pose after a ki. That's oh. a built-in thing with karate. I, I think all karate people listening to this will know that. You want your ki to reverberate in the air and you're not moving. You're not dragging your audience onto something else until the audience has had time to completely absorb the power of your yell. Us. Or as we said it that one day, your audible weapon. That's Hi-ya! it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now we're going to get into the internal part of it. And that is a much, much trickier subject. First off, it represents intellect or to put it simply your brain, right? Yes. I say. So that's easy enough to say, but whatever it represents, that thing can be both your friend and your foe. So we're going to have to look at it from both sides and see how we can use our understanding of it and our power of it to our advantage, because that's the whole reason you would understand all this. Yes. I'm going to start by saying this. In, in Master Collegian's book of SET, capital S, capital E, capital T, um, E stands for elements. He says the mind is the most powerful thing in the body. And I understand what he means, but I'm in a little bit of a disagreement with him because I think the chi is the most powerful thing in the body. Yes. But I think the brain is the biggest bully in the body. 
That's a really good way to put it, Tensor. Because whatever happens in me, it travels through the brain. My feelings travel through my brain and out through my mouth. Okay, that sounded terrible, but that's what happens, <laughs> that's right? right? I mean, there's no denying. That is the path, <laughs> right? Don't you or the work flow, as it may be. Mm. The last place whatever happens stops is the brain. And so if you don't have pretty good self-control over what's going on up there, then things come out of your mouth before you realize they were going to, for example. Yes. So I understand what he means. Plus, when we teach self-defense, don't we always tell all of our self-defense participants that your brain is your best weapon? Yes. Always say that to them. That's right. Right, Derek? Yes. We've taught self-defense oh, a lot together. Yeah. So I get where he's going with it. But because this is all built on my personal experience, so if you're out there and you want to argue with me, I would actually like to get some other input because as Derek and I were saying today before the show, there's always an opportunity to learn. Us. Us. This is an opinion on a day in 2020, but it doesn't mean that by 2030, my opinion won't have changed at all, correct? Right. This is Uh, where you are, who you are today. So although I do think the brain is super powerful, I'm not in agreement with master collegian that is the most powerful in the body. Yes. Because I think she is. Now, your brain is your friend because, and let's just do this in a round robin. It's great for memorizing. You could memorize things for school. You could memorize things for karate. It's great for memories. Yes. Right? Yes. Anybody want to say something? The brain is great if you're in a fight or a real life situation where you have to use your karate. To draw it up in your head. Listen, to think. Just think before you do it. And also, (laughs) on that same note, your brain is a super good friend on keeping you out of that fight. Because it allows you to see alternative paths and choose an alternative path. So that is good. That that is the essence of what you're saying. The brain is always the center of your choice of doing the right thing. Of your choice. Of your choice. the center of your choice. That, that I agree with. Yes. I would say it'd be almost impossible to do any type of learning or understanding without the brain. Like the, the heart gives you the, the ability to kind of emotionally adapt to what someone's saying to you. But if you don't have the comprehension that the brain offers, it's just not going to happen. I agree. It's, I want to say the queen of comprehension, but for you two, I'm going to say the king of comprehension. <laughs> Thanks. Or maybe we'll just make it the, the royal the or ruler. the leader of being able to comprehend. Also, the brain can be your friend in, in fun stuff like jokes. Uh, That's true. So if you want to see where a joke can take you with your brain, go back to our Chuck Norris jokes. We used it as a wonderful way to deflect our, our sad feelings at the beginning of this coronavirus time. And it certainly made everybody laugh at a difficult time. That is what we used it for. You're right. And we had, yeah, and we had fun with that. We sure did. And also humor is a wonderful use of brain power. Yes. It is. I just recommend it. Right, Derek? Oh, it's definitely sensei. I mean. I recommend it to everybody. It's something that can heal. It's something that can just make your day better. It's just something that even if you're facing something tough, it makes it a little bit easier to carry. It's just overall laughter is one of the best abilities we have as humans. It's true. And it's something that changes the mood of the person sitting across from you in case they're kind of getting down and out. If you can make something funny happen, if your brain will come up with it for you. See where I went with that? I got it. Okay. (laughs) And you don't even have to be funny. You can say something nice to somebody and 
But like, like we've said it before where we've tried, if there's somebody that's maybe not in a good mood, how long it takes to make them smile. Yes. So. And that's all using your brain in that moment. Us. It definitely is. So the brain is a powerful tool. Us. Okay. So then what's the bad news? Well, for me, the bad news is at some point in time between midnight and 6 a.m., my eyes will open and my brain will be going, oh, try not to overestimate 50 miles an hour. At least. Right? With 20 different subjects, not just the one that caused my brain to come back to consciousness, but 20 different subjects are happening in there all the time. I mean, in that moment. And it's my job in that moment to pull myself back together us from that out of controlness. When I talk to people about this, I call my personal brain a really smart toddler <laughs> with absolutely no self-control. And wow, if, that's a good way to put it. Isn't it? And here's why. Because if you were with a really smart toddler and you loved that person and they were really lacking in self-control, you wouldn't beat them up. For every mistake. And I don't mean that physically. I mean, you know, you wouldn't put them down. You wouldn't make fun of them. You wouldn't use sarcasm. You would try to redirect them into something that was a healthier choice for what they were doing. Let's say they were wanting to draw on the wall with crayons. Well, then you'd give them something to draw on and and later have them help you clean the wall off, right? It's pretty simple stuff. But doing that to your own brain at 3 a.m., it's a challenge. And so I keep a small kind of list of what I call replacement thoughts to lay over the tension thought. If the tension thought is so intense in my head, then I keep a a sheet of paper and a pencil on and I will jot it down. And I've had this happen when I wake up in the morning and I can't read the writing because I didn't turn on the lights. (laughs) You're like, (laughs) don't forget to pay the water bill. (laughs) And then then when I wake up, I'm like, I wonder what that was. But in the middle of the night, there's nothing to do about it. That ability to override negativity inside my own head and obsessions in my own mind, boy, that's a skill. And I do think that skill starts in my chi pocket because it inevitably starts with a nice deep breath. Don't you think all our skills start that way? Once you touch your chi enough times and it becomes a normal thing, yes. But that's for our Earth podcast. So we're going to have to wait to come back to whether I think it happens all the time. It's a, what do they call that? Tease. It's a tease for future podcasts. It's a cliffhanger. So the bottom line about it is, however, that your brain can be your best friend or your brain can be not your worst enemy, but certainly something that isn't on your side at that point. It's right up there with my worst enemy in the middle of the night. And there's other times, not just in the middle of the night. How about when somebody angers you? And whether you know them or whether you don't know them, stranger or a loved one, and your body turns and you want to shoot back that fantastic sarcasm that is right on the tip of your tongue, right? It feels so good just to get out. But you know that it isn't the correct thing to do to do that. Because if it is your loved one, then that's something you're never going to be able to take back. Right. It's out there and it's out there for good. And maybe you really don't mean it. That's something that I've had to work on is getting caught up in the moment. Exactly. You're like, duh, 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 duh. When you need to be like, okay, like shh. for generations they've said take a breath. Uh, which is hilarious. <laughs> I will say like that moment of just breathing has helped me personally so much in just different situations I've had it with the kitchen and being at work and you're always dealing with like a hot environment. So people's attitudes get 
they get hot. And the best way to handle that is to tell them, you know, take a breath, you know, cool down. If you need to go in the fridge, but like cool down, breathe and come back. That's all, the whole thing is being able to come back from being mentally like on fire and just being exactly. Able to, like, but it cool was it the down. fridge thing a joke because we were laughing. Oh no, it's true. Like we, <laughs> we, we have love walk, that. We have walk-in fridges and walk-in freezers in most restaurants you uh, go to. So you tell a person, yo, you got to cool down. Just walk in there, cool down for a second, come back out. That's great advice. There's all kinds of situations where you're out in public and they act inappropriately. Us. And how you handle it is how the outcome is determined. Us. Whether you handle it with sarcasm, whether you handle it with calmness, whether you handle it with aplomb. That's a real word. It's a great word. Okay. <laughs> so do, can you guys think of, a, of an example? I'm trying to think of an example. Oh, um, you could even apply it to what the kids who are in schools or when they go back to schools, just dealing with people who are bullies or dealing with people, or teachers who are apathetic or teachers who apply sarcasm to their teaching methods, uh, just being able to, okay, I need to still breathe and figure this out despite all that going on. You know, I really love your example about bullies is such a subject. We are still searching for you. If you are a person who is an expert in bullies, I've helped a lot of children with bullies one-on-one, but I really want an expert before I do a podcast on it because it's a very complicated subject. And this is something that would really help a lot of kids. Us. Meanwhile, sarcastic teachers are something that I've personally had a campaign of trying to get them to hear themselves. Us. On a personal level for decades now, because I do go out into daytime schools where kids and teachers see each other all day, every day, and a teacher labels a child, and then he or she, the teacher, says something to another teacher in a sarcastic tone, imagining that the child doesn't know what it means, and sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. It's, it's a very complicated dynamic, and as the child gets older, he or she could have more control over how to let that sieve through their mind instead of stick in their mind with that obsession, definitely affecting their self-esteem and need to pay that teacher back because that's what causes so many problems. Us. And in school, like in corporate work, you can't win if you go to war with your teacher. No. Because they're in charge of your grades and that's what you're there for, right? That's it. Us. So the takeaway is this. The internal representation of wind is the mind. As your friend We all get it. It's fantastic. As your foe, maybe there's a person out there who never, ever, ever has a problem where their brain becomes obsessive or neurotic or depressed or angry. I mean, whatever. And the karate person in training wants to try to use their internal power to manipulate their own brain as if it were just a child they were trying to raise. There's no use thinking, oh, I'm just such a jerk that I can't get control over this because now you're in a rabbit hole. Us, you're putting yourself down. Right. Going in the wrong direction. You want to go in the other direction. So we're going back to redirecting our own mind. I have a friend who, when his brain starts to get real wound out, he just closes his eyes and makes that beautiful. And it's funny because we're in South Florida, right? Yes. Uh, And makes a picture of that beautiful beach scene as a replacement thought. Can any of us think of a replacement thought that we use? Us. Um, One that I like thinking of is the nice water hitting on the little beach that we have at my camp. Not really a beach, but the lake uh, going up on the, uh, I guess you would call it a shore. And sitting there with all my friends is very fun. So that's a great memory that sometimes I think of. Nice. Good one. 
What I think of, especially if it's the that late night, is a person on a horse that's rounding up my thoughts as if they were um, cattle and, and corralling them in a safe place. Nice. Uh, Very nice. I would say for myself, I've had to deal with stuff like this since I was like middle school, high school. So I've, I've always had one go-to thought of, it's going to be okay. And it's usually a picture of my father saying that to me. And if it's not that, I always carry um, something in my wallet, some type of trinket or something that someone has given to me out of pure wholesomeness. And that's always a pure thing to look at and immediately round up myself, as Sensei Jackie has said, to bring myself back to where I need to be so I can push forward. Excellent. And I want to agree with you, Derek, because I often think of my dad who used to say, take it with a grain of salt, which is the silliest saying, but (laughs) right. And it's a nice segue to my cook here, my chef, Derek, but (laughs) it really helps me not the saying so much as the visual of him saying it. Right. That helps Uh, me. Definitely. And on that same note, my mom used to say to me, don't take yourself so seriously. (laughs) And that also helps when I think of her. Okay, so what we're listing here are replacement thoughts. Now, here's the trick. It doesn't work the first time. Us. No. Or the second. So let's take, let's all guess a number. I'm going to say, no, I'll go last. You go first, Landon. Probably the fourth or fifth time for me. Good for you. Oh, it could, (laughs) a dozen times it it could take. What do you think, Uh, Derek? I would say at this point, since I've done it for almost 20 years now, it gets me like the third or fourth time and I'll, I'll be back. But sometimes it's definitely taken well over 20, 30 times. Because I was going to say, for me, it's about 20. Nice. Sometimes I just have to keep doing it, keep doing it. Think of your brain as that toddler. That toddler is going to continue to do that thing to find out where's your line of just giving it up and letting them do it anyway. And that's what your brain is exactly the same way. Us. So I think we covered this pretty good. Us. I really think we got the majority of the information done. I do want to add one more thing. And this may be helpful to all people who listen to this podcast. I'm not sure. Let us know. Please let us know. Okay. So we have the pause pose is the stillness and movement. And we have the ability to keep your mind going in a positive way is the internal application. We good so far? Yes. Okay. A person could strengthen one by doing the other. Mm. Ah, so I've had students who really could not wrap their head around. I know that's funny because we're talking about the brain, the idea that there was an internal property, but they were very good at movement. And the better they got at that pause posing within their character of their kata, the better they got at pause posing for that second in life and letting the body and the chi line catch up with the brain. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I've had the other thing be true, a person who is really super internal, but not excellent at bringing out character and kata. And so we would really focus on growing within the context of their insides. And then that would come out in their movement. Oh. Now, say your movement's not kata. Say your movement is cycling or say your movement is surfing or say your movement is, I don't know, ice skating, race car driving. I think it would still be, I don't know about race car driving. I might've gone too far on that one. (laughs) Um, I think it would be a possibility for you to apply these ideas to your physical skill and see if that was a better fit for you than the internal application, depending on where your comfort zone was. 
and maybe sometimes on one and sometimes on another, oh. depending on who you are. Basically, what I'm saying here on the end of this is if you're a person who is saying, I don't believe that for the internal thing, try it with what you love externally and see what happens. Just see what happens. Us. And vice versa. If you're a person who doesn't have a lot of physicality, they're just not a physical person, but you do a lot of negotiating with people and so on and so forth, try it there. Yes. And then tweet us <laughs> on, on your results. Okay, Landon, tell them how. Okay, so I am going to do our new Twitter page. Visit us on Twitter at Wildcat Dojo. Hey, Derek, which one would you recommend? I would say Twitter for sure. Yes, one of the easiest ones to get a hold of. And most people have a Twitter. But if not, then definitely the Facebook. Thanks for mentioning that because we want to tell them that Facebook, YouTube, webpage are all Wildcat Dojo. Landon already told you about Twitter, so you know about that one. And that leaves us the email. Dojo Conversations at AOL.com and the phone. At 954-350-1915. Text or leave a voice message. Wouldn't that be cool if we had a 1-800-WILDCAT-DOJO number? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We should totally look into that. So in the last few podcasts, I've already discussed Master Collegian's book of set. But this isn't a bad day to tell you that both he and I have books on Amazon. Master Collegian has a choke book. I have a book on self-defense. I have a book on teaching children. My name is Michelle Darbro, D-A-R-B-R-O, two L's in Michelle. And Master Collegian's name, much harder to spell than mine. You would look it up under Joseph Collegian, K-E-L-L-J, C-H-I-A-N, Collegian. And you can search them out on Amazon and pick them up. There's ebooks, there's used books, there's all, they're all over the map up there. So we would love for your support at this time, at any time. Let's enjoy your read. I think we covered it. It's time for us to say goodnight, Gracie. All right. So, Derek, how much fun was this? Oh, it's definitely. And I'll say, like, always coming on here and talking about different things, even though I might know something of it, always helps to broaden my understanding of it. And I've said before on the podcast, and I'll say since you brought it up too, one of my favorite things about doing this podcast, well, I have a lot of favorite things about it, but one of them is it helps me remember to try to be the kind of person I really want to try to be. Us. Us. Okay. Say goodnight. 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 Goodnight, everybody. Signing off till next week. Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again next week on Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Don't forget to use Honor Athletics if you have a karate need. Need a gi, some weapons, some weights? Give them a holler at 770-945-5150 or reach them at honorathletics.com. Don't forget to mention Wildcat Dojo for your 10% discount. Thanks for your support.